Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring, Jesus is coming again. Cheer up, you pilgrims, be joyful and sing, Jesus is coming again. This is the voice of prophecy, a voice crying in the wilderness of these modern days, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Coming again, coming again, Jesus is coming again. From our Voice of Prophecy studios in Los Angeles, California, we welcome you to this half hour of inspiration and music, transcribed with the King's Heralds, Bell Delker, Brad Braley, and H.M.S. Richards, the voice of prophecy speaker. The King's Herald's first song was inspired by these words of Isaiah. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters. I shall not be moved. As a tree beside the water as the Savior planted me, all my fruit shall be in season. I shall live eternally. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I shall not be. Heavenly Father, we come to Thee in prayer today, seeking Thy grace, strength, and wisdom in our conflict with evil. Deliver us, we pray, from the attacks of Satan, and give us eternal victory in Christ, we pray in His name. There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God. 
Delker's song now is one of sincere consecration. I'll live for him.
Here now is H.M.S. Richards, the voice of prophecy speaker. His subject, the devil. Since childhood, books have always made a deep impression upon me. Before I was able to read, I began to gather books together and call them my library. One book that impressed me deeply was entitled Bible Readings for the Home Circle. In the old edition of that book, there are three pictures called The Game of Life in which Satan, the prince of darkness, is playing with a man for his soul. A chessboard is between them. The king on Satan's side represents himself. As his queen, the evil one presents pleasure. The officers are six vices, indolence, anger, pride, falsehood, avarice, and unbelief. The pawns, small harp-shaped creatures, represent doubts. On the man's side, his own soul acts the part of the king. The queen represents religion. The officers are hope, truth, peace, humility, innocence, and love. The pawns, represented by small figures, signify prayer. As in the game of chess, an officer that has been lost may be recovered by a pawn. So in life, a spiritual loss may be recovered by prayer. But the game is going against the man. Prayer has been neglected, as seen by the figures which Satan has taken. Love and innocence are lost, humility is gone, and peace just seized is still held in the evil one's grasping fingers. Pleasure, unbelief, and doubts are pressing forward against religion, who stands there tranquil and sublime, protecting man, who so long as he does not give up religion has hope for escape. The second picture shows the game lost, man in despair, Death rising amid smoke and flame, striking man with his dart. The third picture, entitled The Game One, portrays the triumph of faith. The guardian angel points upward with a look of approval. On the table are a cross and an open Bible. Satan has disappeared, leaving his robe an empty chair. A noted chess player studying the first of these pictures said, I can save that fellow. Then he explained how the chessmen should be moved to win the game. And that, Dr. Stuart Holden has said, is what Jesus Christ has done. He has in one move eternally checkmated death and the devil and snatched the prey from the mighty. This he did in his atoning sacrifice upon the cross, by which he offers salvation to every sinner. What an impression these pictures made upon me as a boy, and still make. There is a great controversy being waged between good and evil, between right and wrong, between Christ and Satan. Of course, among the cultured skeptics of our day, and also in some areas not so cultured, the devil is looked upon as a bad dream of an uncultivated age. Someone has put this idea into rhyme. Men don't believe in a devil now as their fathers used to do. They have forced the door of the broadest creed to let his majesty through. There isn't a print of his cloven foot 
or a fiery dart from his bow to be found in the earth or the air today, for the world has voted so. The writer goes on describing the evils in the world about us, the war, the conflict, the suffering, the pain, the broken hearts. Then he asks, if the devil is gone or the devil is dead or if the devil never existed, who is doing the work he used to do? Who sows the tares in the fields of time wherever God sows his wheat? How do the frauds and crimes of a single day spring up? The devil was fairly voted out, and of course the devil's gone. But simple people want to know who carries his business on. Of course, those who accept the Holy Scriptures as the inspired word of God believe in the existence of the devil or Satan. The greatest reason for a Christian to believe in the existence of Satan is that Jesus Christ believed that he existed. We read the words of our Savior in John 8, verse 44, where, speaking to certain prominent sinners of his day, he said, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. According to this statement, the devil was a murderer from the very beginning, and the scripture says that the wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23. This intimates that he was a sinner from the beginning, and death came as a result of sin. These words of Christ show, also, that the devil was once in the truth, but did not remain in it. He is also the father of lies, for he told the first lie. By the way, the devil's first lie is recorded in Genesis, the third chapter, verse 4. Using the serpent as a medium, he denied a plain statement of God when he said to the woman, Ye shall not surely die. It has been stated that nearly 40 names are applied to the devil in the holy book of God, each one in some way describing his character. We'll just mention a few. He's called the accuser, Revelation 12:10; the adversary, 1 Peter 5, 8, Beelzebub, Matthew 12:24, the deceiver, Revelation 12:9, the dragon, Revelation 12:7, and the god of this world, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4, and many other names. The question is often asked, did God make the devil? The answer is clear from Holy Scripture, no. God created a beautiful angel named Lucifer, meaning shining one, day star, or son of the morning, Isaiah 14:12. He was full of wisdom and brightness and occupied a high place in heavenly glory. In fact, he was one of the covering cherubs by the very throne of God. We read of him, Ezekiel 28, 12 to 15, Thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. If God created him as a perfect angel, how did he become a sinner? We have a hint in verse 17, thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. The prophet Isaiah, using almost the same language regarding the innermost thoughts of Lucifer, puts it this way, thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will be like the most high, Isaiah 14, 13. In Lucifer, the angel, the love of God was perverted into love of self. 
jealousy changed the chief of the morning stars into the devil or Satan. It is written in Scripture, Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 16, 18. Lucifer persuaded many of the holy angels to become dissatisfied with their first estate, and with him they were cast out of heaven. Read it for yourself in Revelation 12, 4, and Jude, the sixth verse. There was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels, and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. It's Revelation 12, 7, and 8. So Lucifer was cast out into the earth, and his angels with him. There's been war on earth ever since. Wherever the evil one goes, there is war. Jesus used these words in Luke 10:18. I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. When God exposed the iniquity of Satan, he said, I will cast thee out, I will destroy thee. Ezekiel 28:16. And that's God's plan. We read that when our Lord Jesus came to this earth, he came for a specific purpose. Here it is in 1 John 3, 8. He came to destroy not only the works of the devil, but to destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. Hebrews 2.14. So the devil himself will ultimately be destroyed. The history of the devil is interesting, but his work in the world today and the best way to meet it are more important to us. We know it's possible for believers to overcome him, for we read in James 4.7, Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Those who visit the Wartburg Castle in Germany, where Martin Luther spent months of exile from his active work among the people, will see a dark spot on the old wall. It is said to have been caused by the breaking of an ink bottle that Luther threw at the devil. Some people say that he did not see the devil, but heard some sound in the wall. However that may be, Luther thought it was the devil and just let it drive. It would be good if more men today would fling ink at the devil, whether by the bottleful or by drops from their pen points. How did Jesus resist the devil in the three great temptations that came to him directly by satanic interposition? How did he resist them? Read it all for yourself in the fourth chapter of St. Luke's Gospel, first 13 verses. There was the temptation to turn stone into bread to satisfy his hunger the temptation to receive the power and glory of this world without going to the cross, the temptation to cast himself down from the pinnacle of the temple, unharmed to the amazement of the crowd. To each temptation, Jesus replied with a quotation from the Holy Scripture, and in each, each case from the book of Deuteronomy. After three thrusts with this mighty sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, as we read in Ephesians 6:17, Satan was discomfited. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, we read, he departed from him for a season. Luke 4:13. This sword of the Spirit, this mighty Word of God, this Holy Scripture, is still ours to use today in our conflict with the same enemy. A little boy came to his father, very much in earnest, and said, Father, is Satan bigger than I am? Yes, said the father. Is he bigger than you, father? Yes, son, he's bigger than I am. The boy looked surprised. He thought a while and then he asked, Is he bigger than Jesus? No, Jesus is bigger than Satan. The little fellow turned away with a smile. And I'm not afraid of him, he said. 
At the cross, the whole universe saw Satan for what he was, a murderer. There his true character was revealed. There men and angels also saw Christ for what he was. There, in contrast, was revealed the power of love and the love of power. Looking forward to his crucifixion and his holy sacrifice for men, our Savior said, Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. John 12, 31 to 33. Pilate, the Roman governor, offered the people their choice between Jesus and Barabbas, who was a thief and a murderer, and they took the latter. you find that in John, the 18th chapter. What is our choice today? Remember, no decision is decision. If we do not decide for Christ, we decide for his enemy. The literal translation of that portion of the Lord's Prayer which says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, in Matthew 6.13, is given in the American Revised Version as, Bring us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. According to the text that we have read, and many others which we might read, Satan is more than an influence, more than an idea, an imagination, a figure of speech, a personification. He is a murderer and a liar, and that's what Jesus called him. He said he was a murderer from the beginning. He said he was the father of lies. Either Christ himself was deceived or Satan actually is a personal power in rebellion against God, the great and subtle and wise adversary of men's souls. Our Savior's death upon the cross, which at the time may have seemed to be a victory for Satan, really was his eternal undoing. It assures his final, irretrievable, and everlasting defeat and destruction. Christ indeed is a victor. Dr. Griffith Thomas used to tell the story of a poor man in the deep south of the United States who was a helpless slave to drink. Again and again, he tried to free himself. His friends tried to help him but he could not get rid of his drunkenness until he was converted. Then a wonderful change came. Someone said to him, So you got the mastery over the devil at last. No, he said, but I have a master of the devil. That's the secret of victory over him. Christ is master of the devil. And Jesus promises, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Matthew 28, 20. Satan is a supernatural power, we must have supernatural power to overcome him. Jesus is that power. Our Savior is not only the hope of glory in the world to come, but he's the hope of victory in this world here and now. And he says to us, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So let us trust him, going forward in faith. temptation for yielding is sin each victory will help you some other to win fight manfully onward dark passions subdue look ever to Jesus he will carry you through.
ask the Savior to help you, comfort, strengthen, and keep you. He is willing to aid you. He will carry you down. He who is our Savior, our strength will renew. Look ever to Jesus. He will carry you through. Ask the Savior to help you. Comfort, strengthen, and keep you. He is willing to aid you. He will carry you through. We want to thank the many who have been writing us letters of encouragement. It is your letters and gifts that make the Voice of Prophecy broadcast possible. May God bless you. And let us day by day claim God's promises and keep looking up, going forward in faith. Have faith in God. Satanic power will fail. Have faith in God before no foe to quail. Have faith in God. His kingdom shall prevail. Have faith, dear friend, in God. We hope this transcribed program of ours has served to bring spiritual strength and blessing for the week. And we invite you to join us again next week for another broadcast brought to you by the Voice of Prophecy. Remember, Thursday is prayer day at the Voice of Prophecy. And now we say to each and every one, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace.